In this episode, my friends Michelle and Junior share with us their experience in becoming their own bankers and the infinite banking concept, and they have about 11 plus years experience, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it's very valuable, and I hope that you enjoy as well. All right, are y'all ready to get started? Yes, we are. Absolutely. Perfect. Well, let's go. Welcome to the Banking with Life podcast. I'm your host, James Nethery, and today I'm as excited as I can be to have my friends, Michelle and Junior, with us to share their experience on how they became their own banker. I'm excited for you. I'm excited that you get to know them right, and you get to hear their story and their background. They've been friends for uh, going on about 11 years or 13 years. 13 years. 13 years. And so... <clears throat> um, and that's really kind of where I want to start. You know, we met 13 years ago, and give us a, a start there and just progress forward and why y'all are here and why these people need to hear you and why it matters. Okay. Well, James, as you recall, we met at a swimming party at uh, our friend Steve and Christy, and that's where it all started. We were just kind of, you know, just talking, and uh, from there, that's where we met, and then... Uh, you know, down the road, uh, you found out that my wife uh, knew a little bit about Excel, and that was kind of the start. And a little bit about Excel, she taught Excel, right? So she's an Excel ninja. And so in two, that was about 2007. Mm-hmm. You had gone to work at the same place that Jan and my lovely wife was working. Um, so we were all at the same pool party there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and great conversation because y'all are very cool people. And then you know found out that you were an excel ninja so i'm like hey michelle you know there's a you know you can take life insurance and get out of debt with life insurance but it's a hard concept to kind of convey and sometimes you know presentations or examples help us and so i asked if you would run an excel spreadsheet showing how someone could get out of debt with cash values and you graciously, and I think even the whole office took some mm-hmm. Excel yep. uh, courses, you know. To yeah, I came in and did some basic Excel training, and then we talked a little bit more about the your vision of what you thought that worksheet needed to look like to demonstrate to people how the get out of debt, create wealth worked, and uh, just seeing that model and working through it was like the light bulb went off i'm like well this is pretty cool (laughs) it really did have the potential to work yeah so after doing the worksheets and understanding or beginning to understand how you know you buy your policies and then you pay down your debt and then at all that time you're still creating some capital or cash value that you can just keep using over and over again so do you know how many cases you um ran through that model trying to you know that we were really trying to perfect my vision of what i thought it should look like but it's very difficult to put cash values of a life insurance policy you know in an excel spreadsheet because they're not linear the cash value is not linear the dividends fluctuate um so it's not really easy to do it and then especially if you have you know multiple debts or loans or credit cards and then when you introduce multiple policies into that it's it can be very complicated and um 
but my my whole idea was to be as accurate as possible mm-hmm. and just convey the idea that it was possible to actually get out of debt and build capital faster. I mean, with a life insurance policy, buying a policy, high premium, high cash value, and then deploying that cash value through the loan provision to take over third party or outside debt. Um, and then as we repaid the loans, we're still paying premium. That compared to, you know, get out of debt first, just pay all your debt down, then start saving money, which is nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you do it with life insurance policies, that whole time period happens faster. You might get out of debt faster by paying all of the debt down. Then you're in a position to save, quote unquote, save money. And at the end of that time period, you know, when you go out 10, 12, 14 years or whatever, um, you're you're way ahead with the life insurance strategy of getting out of debt. But do you know how many, do you remember how many? Seems like you gave me like different scenarios, like maybe with, I don't know, maybe with a couple high debt in one policy, maybe with... <clears throat> two or three policies and a lot of debt. I, I don't remember exactly, but it seems like you gave me several scenarios to work on. And then I worked on them on my own and then met with you and uh, I think it was Jake. I'm not sure who else it was, but somebody else in your office, we had worked together to kind of perfect it because I, I think you were trying to use it as a preliminary to show people how their wealth could be created before they got and bought a policy, I think is what you were trying to do with it. Yeah, I was just trying to show the idea that, you know, if you're drowning in debt or you have a lot of debt, um, and if you add discipline to that, right, and the high cash value life insurance, that even though you're starting with a lot of debt, it's okay to not wait until you're completely out of debt to start saving money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, re- I do remember, you know, you coming in and, and, and I think back then it was like, I just wanted to learn how to do the Excel spreadsheet well enough where we could do it, but quickly discovered that it was really above my pay grade, too complicated for me. And I love <laughs> math, I love numbers, I love formulas, but... Um, and then, like you're you're the ninja, and I'm like, hey, Michelle, would you do this? And <laughs> you said yes. And um, but I also remember you um, asking James, can we do this? Mm-hmm. You know. So and the and the reason James that she asked that is because we had gone through some rough times in our life, and we were you know pretty much we had a lot of debt, and we saw a way where you know maybe we could work ourselves out of it, and so that's why you know we. That's what started the whole thing. Right. And we had been through, you know, several financial advisors putting it into, oh, I don't even remember what we put them in, mutual funds and who knows what else. And, you know, we'd give them our money and we'd never talk to them again. And so we were like at our, we were like, this has got to be something better than this because we're putting our money and we don't even know what's happening to it. So, and we had. We had another friend that we had worked with, but it turned out to be just as bad as the other policies, the well, other financial advisors that we'd had because we, they gave it, sold us this big story, but we never talked after we signed with them. We never talked to them again. It's like, uh, well, is it really working? We don't even know what we're making, you know. 
Life insurance policies or? No. No, no. no. They were tied to the stock market, and of course, okay. 2008 didn't help matters any, you know. So. Right. I don't even remember what they were, but it was. Um, Just another financial advisor. Yeah, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So mutual funds, I think some, and. Yeah, yeah, I don't even remember what kind of what they were that they were in, but we were not happy. So, so then when we heard you talking about what we could do with life insurance policies, it's like, well, what do we have? Life insurance policy, really? What do we have to lose? We already (laughs) (laughs) don't know what we're doing, so why don't we start with something brand new? So, and that was, I think. I mean, y'all have, and I just looked, I was, what little preparation I did, you know, I've been waiting, I've been so looking forward for y'all to come on and be guests, because I, I mean, people need to hear y'all, my opinion, right? Um, but I don't do a lot of prep work generally, you know, I just like to sit down and free flow conversation, but I did look, kind of peruse the amount of policies that y'all own, and Y'all own more policies than I realized. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, if we go back, you were y'all were able to hear Nelson. You know that was back yes. too far enough back when we were hosting Nelson two or three times a year. Mm-hmm. And so I invited y'all, and y'all had to pay to get it to attend. And um, I think we saw him about three times, two or three two, times, maybe yeah. twice. I don't remember. Yeah, it, but uh, enjoyed listening to him. It was awesome. It, it helps, didn't yes. it? Uh-huh. And meeting other people that mm-hmm. you know are going against the grain swimming upstream or doing what everybody else is not doing exactly <laughs> i mean you could probably count on one hand how many people you know that pay high premium high cash value life insurance right nobody else other than us i mean i don't think any of our family other than our kids now because we're starting to teach them but and i think the thing that i remember the most about nelson nash was his grocery store example. And of course I had read it in the book too, but then hearing him say it just explained it even better. I mean, he was just such a dynamic speaker. And, you know, he got you into it like so. Did you feel, because I, I always say, you know, there could be a room full of people and when Nelson was speaking, you always felt, I always felt like he was talking directly to me, you know, like there was a real connection. It wasn't just a, presentation being given did y'all feel that way he was very personable and it wasn't a whole lot of people that you had in the group so that you know anytime you keep the the crowd smaller then it is more personable I remember his rose his you know talking about the rose and the family it came from but he was very entertaining he was he kept your interest up a very good speaker so when y'all started, whenever, you know, he said, well, can we do this? And, and I said, yes. And I think, you know, going through the uh, spreadsheets, I really, I recall that you came up with your own premium dollar amount. You know, what's the relationship of cash value if we did this much premium? And you pretty much was kind of working your own situation through the Excel spreadsheet. And that's how the first set of policies really developed is that an accurate memory that's i think that's the way i remember it too you know you said we have a lot of policies james we bought our first policy from you in 2009 
you know, and of course, since that time, uh, you know, our, our children have gotten married and we've got five grandchildren. So that's where, you know, a lot of those come from. But, you know, it's not like we're talking a lot of years that we, you know, we, we, we've been with you and doing our policies. So we just saw how this thing can work and we wanted our kids to be involved and we want our grandkids to be involved. And that's, that's where we're at today. Right. And if you think about that, that's three generations to your grandchildren. And you're really going to touch the fourth and the fifth generation just by what y'all have done. If just some of them follow in your footsteps. Mm -hmm. I mean, but right now you four generations, four. Wow. Wow. Pretty powerful. I mean, the bankers aren't looking out for your grandchildren and your great grandchildren. Mm -hmm. They're not. Nope. You know, so that's very powerful. So would you share what some maybe some of the things that y'all have done with your policies? Well, I can tell you the first thing that stands out is I, is I bought my truck with it, and, uh, <laughs> and we recently bought Michelle's new car. So we bought two vehicles. Uh, we remodeled our kitchen. Um, what else did we do? We helped the kids pay off oh, some yes. of their student loans. Yes. Because when they were in college, we weren't able to help them at that time. And so we were able to kind of pay back, you know, what we couldn't help them with before. What's that worth? A lot. Absolutely. No monetary value. It's just, right. you know, from your heart. Cause, yeah, can't put that on a life insurance illustration. Yeah, because yeah. when our son went to college, we were both unemployed. So we're like, okay, we'll figure out some way how to make this work. And then when my daughter went, we think I had just got a job. So we were just at least had a job but we were pretty far in debt so yeah we went through a rough time you know where you know i, I was uh, you know i lost my job in 2002 so now you got you know my wife wasn't working very fortunate that she didn't work while i was you know working but now all of a sudden you got two unemployed people you know and and uh, so we we accumulated a lot of debt i mean a lot of debt and we were very i mean we were just trying to hang on and uh, you know, you felt like one of the things I like to bring up is in some of your other seminars that I've listened to, you talk about marrying up. Well, I'm married up. No <laughs> question. <laughs> I was going to say, is this where the part where I say, well, you know, I, or I interject, I'm married up? But, it's obvious, uh, right? You know, <laughs> Junior's a great guy. He's been married up. You talk about testing, you know, when you go through some financial difficulties, you know, that's when you find out, you know, how strong your marriage is and, and you know, because it was tough. I mean, it was it was really tough for us, but hey, we've come a long ways. I mean, we've done we've done we've followed that plan to a T. Y'all and, have, uh, you know, it's it's just it's got us out of debt. I mean, I'm retired now. Uh, Congratulations! I'm trying to work with thank you. Trying to work with my wife getting there, and, and it's coming. You know, to where uh, you know uh, uh, she can do what I'm doing, and. and but it, it all started with, with meeting you. You've been, I've told a lot of people that James Nethery has just turned our life around. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I, you know, the credit goes to Nelson Nash and y'all. You know, it's all conversation until you write a check. You know, and when you're, y'all, you're the ones that paid the premium. You're the ones that had the discipline to, to deploy the loans correctly. 
and then to repay the loans. So y'all been phenomenal. If everybody would follow your example, there would be a lot less problems in the world, I promise you. Yeah, but I'll refer back to what Michelle said and with previous, and I mean, I'm not trying to knock with people. It's just, that's just the way I think people are. They're so busy and I mean, they go, okay, I've got, you know, I gotta move on to the next, but they don't spend time with their clients, you know, and can't say that about yourself. I mean, we've met several times. Several times, and initially we really, you know, because we had a lot of questions. Sure. And, uh, you know. Well, thanks for saying that. I mean, I am available. You know, I'm not available on demand like anyone else. Right. But, you know, I, I mean, I like to think we have a pretty good team here that they're very able and capable. And Oh, yeah. Very. Absolutely, yeah. It's like I don't do very good on policy service. It's like if I want a loan, I walk right up to the front of my office and say, hey, Carol. Yeah. You know, on a loan repayment, I can calculate all that, but. If I have to sign forms and things, I walk right up to the front of my office. If somebody calls me and asks for service, I'm like, you know what? Carol's better than I am. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. She's awesome. Great I mean, staff. She, anything we ask, you know. Um, and just, you know, it's not like we meet all the time, but we try to schedule at least once a year to go over where we are and our game plan for the next year. Like, where, what did we do last year? Now what do we need to do next year? And when Junior was getting ready to retire, I remember a couple years ago, maybe three years ago, we did that. We're like, okay, well, we got to do this and this in order to get to that point. And and now that he is retired, we actually are taking that money and rolling it into a new policy so that we can keep it going so it's just not sitting in a savings account. So just the planning. I mean, everybody that knows me knows I'm a planner. I'm a list person. So to have a plan in place... Now, granted, the plan doesn't always go the way you want it to, but but to have a plan to know that if if I can put this much money in and I can do this, then I can buy my car and then I can pay, use basically use my money to pay for my car and it's free. I don't have any interest, so. Well, <clears throat> the um, the experience looking back, you know, um, what would you have done different? If anything, you know, what would you do different knowing what you know now compared to, you know, 2009 when you, when you started buying policies? Would you do anything different? We would have started in 1986 or 84 <laughs> when we got married. That's what exactly what I just said. If, we had, if, there was anything, if we could rewind the clock and yeah, yeah. just start we earlier. We would have started a long Although time Although based ago. on our situation, James, and where we were at, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a whole lot we could have done different. Right. I mean, with our finances at the time and stuff. And I mean, that's why, I mean, I remember your advice on here's how you, you know, I was once asked, how do you eat an elephant? Okay. And I can relate to that. It's it's one bite at a time. And that's kind of what you gave us. Okay. What you do is you attack this one here. It's got the highest interest rate or the, you know, so that's where it all started. And just one by one, we Pac-Manned them up. And then one day they were all gone. You know, and honestly, the you know we we used a cash out refinance on our home. You know, and took that equity money to pay off a lot of that debt, and then start getting our PUAs going in our in our in our banking system. You know, so yeah, in our house. I mean, back when back when we were both unemployed, we were we didn't know how we were going to keep our house. So it's kind of funny how our house actually helped us with our plan later on down the years but we did everything we could to keep our house so thank goodness we did because otherwise we wouldn't be where we are now for one thing but um but yeah we did everything we could to keep that house and it was like we don't 
I mean, some months we were like, we don't know where the house payment's going to come from, but somehow we managed. And then we, you know, started getting other jobs, and then we were able to keep it. So it's kind of funny when you think about it. At one point, we're like, how are we going to keep the house? And then... And then now, I mean, in 2015, we were able to use it to to build our, uh, help build our um, cash value more. So. Right. so in 2015, the cash out refi, so you're leveraging the equity in your home, putting it where, it, in my opinion, equity should reside in life insurance policies, but y'all had already, were you know, you'd already purchased policies. You didn't yes. start with the refi to no, go fill up exactly. life insurance policies to collateralize them fully. Um, y'all had six years 2009 to 2015 to reduce some of the debt and uh, what I like to say is to solidify the discipline you mm-hmm. know which are very disciplined people no question um, but by the time the home equity loan was done y'all had substantial cash values and you were already practicing banking mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of that out there on the in the big wide world about HELOCs you know should you start with borrowed money to start policies you know can you do that yes you can do that will it work it can work if everything else is you know working and there's no problems but so that really accelerated y'all's outside debt mm-hmm. elimination right and, and, it, and it increased your ability to control the banking function as it, it relates to you and your mm-hmm. personal economy and you know, I probably y'all could probably pay off your home if you wanted to, couldn't you? <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, we probably could. We could. But I because could. of your philosophy that, why do I want to pay off my home and have all that money in a house that I can't get to? I mean, that's how you explained it to us was why to, as long as you're working, you can pay off your house, then... If one of us does pass away, then it's going to be paid off by the policy. So why not use our money from the house in something else that we need right now? I mean, I still remember when you told us that. And I made the case either way, mm-hmm. right? Because exactly. you can make a case either way. Mm-hmm. You can pay off the home and you free up that cash flow and start building wealth with that debt service. Um, or you can cash out refi. You have a place to put that money. Um, and then leverage that in those cash flows to reduce debt. Um, it's really just velocity and arbitrage is all that is. But and you can make a case for either either paying off the home or not paying off the home. And it when and y'all determined, we determined, but y'all determined it was best for y'all not to pay off the home. And here, a few short years later, this is my point that if you wanted to, you could pay the home off. Mm-hmm. So being in the position of having the ability to pay the home off is sometimes more powerful than actually paying the home off or any other debt. Exactly. Right? So. That's exactly right. Right. And as you know, before we started the program, we were looking at our cash values, and you mentioned that they're going to continue to increase. So that's exciting. Yes. I mean. That today's Saturday. The markets aren't open, right? <laughs> <laughs> The cash values are increased. The markets aren't open on Sundays for most of us, right? Mm-hmm. And our cash values are going to keep going up. Every day that our feet are on the ground, the cash values are going to increase. Just by design. You don't have to do anything. They're going to go up one way. And really, it's surprising 
very often, you know, we look at illustrations, we, we decide that, yes, this is what we want to do. We start paying premium. We see the numbers, you know, that are in the illustration in the fourth year, 10th year, whatever. We see the numbers in the, on the illustration, but it, it, it's very common that, you know, after a year or two or three goes by, we're still kind of surprised that there's so much cash value available. Even though we looked at them and we expected them, we hoped that the life insurance company was going to do what they said in the illustration. Um, but it's still surprising sometimes how much capital and how rapid the cash value accumulates. Um, did y'all experience that at all? Well, when we look at our statements year after year, we're like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, because like Junior's policy, we haven't taken a loan out on it for several years. And we're like, whoa, it's... It's nice. increased, you know, substantially in one year. You know, you can't and, – and we didn't have to worry about the stock market. <laughs> we didn't have to worry about is the Dow up or down or whatever. I mean, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. And um, to me, that's just – you can control your own money much better. You know what's going on with yeah. your money because at any point I can call your office and say, you know, or look online and see what the value – how much I have available for me to take out a loan. And I don't have to have a bank to approve it. I have to sign a piece of paper and your team sends it in for me. <laughs> and then a few days later, I get a check or get into my checking account, depending on how big it is. I mean. Yeah. One, one of the things that I forgot to mention, and, or we did whenever, you know, you asked what, uh, tell some of the things we did with our policies. Our son with his, he used it to, uh, to help him, I mean, with his down payment, you know, some of them. He had some, and then used some of ours just to... A down payment and, on a home? Uh, on, a, on a new home, mm -hmm. yes. So, you know. And that's a policy that we converted, if you'll recall, from another company and went with uh, with our company, and, you know, and then we added uh, capital to it to build them to get their banking system going, and, and here it is at work. So, yeah, and I'm typically not a proponent of replacing policies. But when it's in your best interest or the client's best interest, so you can't do it quick enough. If it's right, it's right. You know, and if it's wrong, it's wrong. So, and I vaguely remember that. I do remember that. It was a legitimate company. There was nothing wrong with that company. No, 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 no. We just wanted to, we wanted to capitalize it. And right. that's, you know, and we and could do it. And increase the death yes, benefit, exactly. too. And we also, yes, substantially. Right. And they're young, you know, our, our, our kids are young, so it was a good time to do it. And right. So, yeah, I remember doing it. And man, when it's right, you can't do it quick enough. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, and then when when y'all make your children's, when you make loans to them or help them with these things, do you require like a loan repayment? Or and if you don't have to share anything you don't want to. I'm just asking though. Do you do you, have y'all set up like family guidelines or family rules? Have y'all had those kinds of conversations? Well, with our daughter, she has. She's now the owner of her policy. She has, you know, taken the steps to to, to make it her policy. Okay. So, and she's got a payment plan going. So she's paying her. She used hers, if you recall, for her student loans. And so she's she's already. I love that. She's already got it set up on a bank draft. And our son is is. We're in the process of, of talking to him about getting his converted to him. So it'll be okay. his policy. Just change of ownership. So in those were those. Uh, the policies on the children, did we did we 1035 exchange from the previous company mm -hmm. yes. into those? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. So really then, and, and I know I should have a better memory, but I had, 
think that y'all started those original policies when they were when pretty they were babies. Young. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were babies. They were okay, babies. and it they was were, just a minimal amount. It's like a fifteen thousand dollar policy. Yeah, it wasn't very uh, big. So they were originally started for the benefit of your children anyway. Mm -hmm. And so years later, we just increased that value of the benefit by the 1035 exchange, structuring them where they can have more and more and more. Mm -hmm. And now you're in the process of giving them, transferring wealth from one generation to the next. Now, not that it's a bad thing to have to, you know, meet with attorneys and things, but did we have to do a lot of work to get that done? Did we have to meet with anybody? No, it was papers. It was no. paper signatures. I think the hardest part was getting a hold of the other company to get the right paperwork, if I remember yeah. right. But it was just yeah, paperwork. Had, their it policy wasn't. was you had to meet with the agent personally. Oh, yeah, so. I remember. They were, they were draconian. Yeah. It's like, I remember that as some companies. <laughs> so, like, so anyway. That your, was your agent so had worse. to sign off like he had to approve it. <laughs> and I won't go down that road, but he probably disparaged the new company and yeah, me so. and my character. <laughs> um, but once that was done, though, what I was, um, whenever you're transferring ownership from, y'all, from yourselves to your children, we didn't have to do a lot of... No. It was a piece of paper. Yeah. And then the loans, you know, I was talking to a client the other day, and he said, James, you know, the, the requesting a loan online is so easy. I accidentally requested a loan, and I didn't reverse it, and I got a check. So can I just send the check back? <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's pretty easy. Um, and my point is this. It's, it's relatively it easy, easy to get a loan. It is. Yeah. Uh, but it just ties right in with what you said. It's, it's our money, you know, yeah. so... And like the the car that I just bought, I didn't, it was kind of a spur of the moment. It was kind of like all happened pretty fast. It was just, oh, I want this car. I don't <laughs> want to wait. And it happened to be the same weekend that everything ended up going in lockdown because of COVID-19. It mm-hmm. was like that Saturday and then that Monday, everything almost shut down. Wow. So it was kind of weird. But anyway... Um, still is. Still is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. But anyway, so we were like, no, I want this car. And so what we did is we just got our loan from the car dealership and paid a little bit of interest until we got our money out of our uh, a policy. So we got it's our like loan five money. Five days or something like that. And then we paid days. it back. <laughs> and so we paid off the loan in like less than 30 days. <laughs> But you're driving what you wanted to drive. That's, That's right. right. And we saved, I think I figured <coughs> up. Yeah. It, for, we two, saved, for the two cars we figured up, we saved about $5,000 in interest. In interest payments. So wow. it's basically free money. You don't, yeah, you have to pay, inter, they charge you interest to take your money out. But then when you start paying it back, they pay it back to you. So it's free money. It's, well, there's still, there's, an, money. there's an interest charge on the loans, right? But if you're paying, especially if you're paying back, and I don't know what the interest rate on car loans are, are now. Is that a pre-owned car? Yeah, it was a pre-owned car, I think yeah. it was, I mean, it was less than 3%. <clears throat> on a pre-owned? Perfect. Well, it depends on your credit rating, I mean. Sure. But at the time we looked at it, it was like 2.8, I think, or was what they had told us. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, my point is that when you borrow money, you're collateralizing the cash value. The insurance company is going to charge you interest. Um, and it really depends on your repayment schedule, how much interest you actually pay, mm-hmm. right? And if we all valued our money as much as we value the third-party lender's money. See, I wouldn't loan money personally at 2.8%. My money has more value than that, right? As a matter of fact, I'll 
take all the money that you'll lend me at 2.8%, right? Um, but how much we actually pay in interest to the life insurance company depends on how fast we pay it back and at what rate we pay mm-hmm. it back. Um, but if we pay the additional interest above what the life insurance company is charging us, so if a, if a company charges me five and I repay it seven, that additional two points goes into my policy. And it's just premium to my policy. Right. And the more premium I pay into my policy, the more cash value I have, the greater, more death benefit that I have. And then I cause even future dividends to go up. And most people don't realize that, that you almost can't put enough money in life insurance. Once you see what's going on, properly structured life insurance, you almost can't pay, you know, you just can't pay as much as you really want to or as fast as you really want to. But The other um, thing real quick on that loan, though, is because, you know, back in March and COVID, we were like, what is this? We don't even know what's going on, right? So I was like, well, what about my job? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So when we did our own loan, we didn't have to worry about, why well, I might lose my car. Well, I'd, if, if something had happened to my job, which thank goodness it, it hasn't and hope it doesn't, but... If it does, I still have my car, and I don't have to worry about yeah. making payments if I don't, if I can't. Them make taking payments. it back, right? So you say. control the loan repayment, right? Exactly. Right. right. You can pay interest only, no interest. You can skip payments, double payments. You can do what you want to do, and nobody's going to show up yep. repossessing that. Oh my goodness! And you know, and more I think, but I, th- I think I could be off on the interest rate charge. I don't recall. I think that might have been what it was on new cars and going on. I don't. I don't really remember. And it, well, it, we didn't discuss it because we had already planned what we were going to do. Didn't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't really yeah. care what the interest rates are. Right. Exactly. So. Right. Because it's really not a, a function of interest rates. It's a function of building capital and you controlling the banking function and just the movement of money throughout our lives. That control from, you know, being in crushing debt, right, at one time to being in a position that I don't care what the interest rates are. I'm going to do what I want to do because I want the car and I want it right now. Why should we wait to have nice things? Mm-hmm. You know, we shouldn't, especially at my age. You know, I don't right. want to wait. What? Wait for what? I mean, I'm not going to willy-nilly buy things or that I don't need mm-hmm. or don't want. I mean, I'm not. We're being prudent. But at the end of the day, from uncontrollable debt almost to controlling the banking function in your life, I mean, your blood pressure's got to go down. Mm-hmm. You know, the just the nirvana in general right. is like, man, this is the way I want to live. Yeah. Um, that's powerful. Yeah. Junior, would you share with me or would you be willing to share with me the story of your friend on the golf course? Yes. Can I or uh, not? And, I'm, and, you know, I'm, <coughs> I just bits and pieces of what he told me. He yeah, yeah. he paid in. He was paying, I think he said $69 a month. And he paid it for years and years and years. And then he, Into a in, life insurance Into a policy. life insurance policy, yes. And uh, so one day we were just talking, and I was telling him about, you know, how excited I was about having a life insurance policy that uh, did wonders for him. And he goes, man, you know, he says, how did you do that? And I go, well, I can't explain it to you. You need to talk to James. But anyway, basically what happened to him is it, it ended up lapsing. And they sent him a note to the effect that, you know, he didn't have his insurance. And again, I don't know how to explain it. Had had uh, uh, it could cover the premium anymore. 
he accused, he kept paying it. But I guess at mm-hmm. the end of the policy, I don't know. You know more about those things than I do, James. So. Right. So he had to pay more premium. Right. The policy was yes. They were trying. Own. They were coming. They were coming to him for more money. Right. And uh, and he'd already been paying for years and years. Sixty nine dollars a month. He said for I don't know how many years. Right. It's a hundred thousand dollar policy, and it, it was a whole life policy. Okay. And. Uh, you know, I don't know how you don't build up enough cash values at some point, pull some money out of it is what I couldn't figure out. I, and I, I don't know either. enough about it to, you But know, to, did he, he wind up losing the policy? He, it lapsed right? on, yeah, he ended up let, having, yeah. he didn't have the money to come up or. Uh, yeah, I wonder if he, uh, you know, do you know, and I don't know, so it's a question, do you know if he was ever in contact with his agent in the last several years? Or? Well, a, a friend of his sold it to him, and I yeah. think he ended up getting out of the business. So. Right. So he was orphaned. Yeah. <laughs> Turned yeah. into a refugee. Yeah. Right. So, but, you know, I, I wish I knew more about it. Yeah. I just know that, that it lapsed on him, and he, I forget how much he totaled up. He paid into it over the years. Yeah. So the, the winners in that, and there's three really characters in that play. The life insurance company, the agent, and the policyholder. The life insurance company won. Right? They got paid. The agent got paid, and it was all at the cost of the consumer. Now, of course, he had a death benefit while it was in force. I'm not disparaging that at all, but not a good long-term outcome. Yeah, at all. He's his too. He's two years older than I am, so he's you know he's 60. He'll be 70 pretty soon. He can't he's, he can't buy insurance. Right now. He's had heart issues, uh, right? You know, and I think he he dips. <laughs> he, 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 these are things he's telling me. You know, right. I mean, he can't afford it. You know, yeah. Uh, so, but what I'm saying is, he really has a sour taste for life insurance. Right. That's what's sad about the story. And it's you know, with the right insurance, it's it's not so as we know. You right. Know? <clears throat> I give the insurance companies a hard time and you know, I don't promote life insurance companies. Um, you know, I'm married to my wife and I'm not married to the life insurance companies. But I give them a hard time every opportunity that I have. I mean you know, yeah. they they've earned every black eye that they received and they deserve most of them. That's just my opinion. You know, if they remembered who they were and their heritage and what their real value is to the consumer, some of this stuff wouldn't go on, in Mm -hmm. my opinion. But, you know, it's, I can't beat them up all the time and they'll quit asking me back, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But I I was talking to a gentleman the other day, you know, and he was kind of angry because he'd become an insurable, you know, about, you know, 20 year term and then, uh, reduce the premium and then bought a 10-year term and here so 30-year time period right term and invest a difference kind of an idea and he was in his mid to late 50s but he has uh you know heart issues heart surgery he's uninsurable the bottom line he's uninsurable and he's kind of angry you know because he can't get permanent coverage and he's going to outlive his temporary coverage right especially i mean it it would make me angry too mm-hmm. you know and it's just terrible. Yeah, it is sad. I mean, that's why it's important to get it when you're young, right? Right. Well, you just, the last policy that y'all purchased this year, you know, is on you, mm-hmm. young man. Well, I'm very fortunate, though. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm healthy. I mean, I feel very like I'm healthy, healthy and, and uh, you know, I don't smoke. So, I mean, you know, a lot of things that 
that maybe some others don't have. Right. But also, if I had a lot younger, I know my premiums would be a lot less. And, and if I put that much money in, I have more insurance and, more and more value. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what, what, what took you all to purchasing a policy this year at retirement? You know, the, because uh, look, we get questions all the time. Am I too old? Is right. it too late for me? Shouldn't I start on my children or whatever? Well, uh, I don't know. Michelle mentioned earlier, you know, all of my uh, retirement money goes into our savings account. And we started looking at our savings account, you know, and going, hey, you know, we need to do something more than just let it sit in the savings account. And so we're very fortunate that, you know, that, that we're able to do that. And, uh, you know, and so we thought, I oh, know, let's look into it. I told Michelle, I don't think I have enough life insurance. And so, you know, I'm not getting any younger. So that's when we decided to have a meeting with you. And we decided to, to put all of that money into a policy. And that's what we did. Plus, we wanted to do something more than just let it sit in a savings account. Yeah. Because right. we, we have our emergency fund built up. So, I mean, we're fortunate on that already. So, um, but his saving, when we don't touch his retirement fund right now, we're in a position where we don't have to touch it. It's right. just savings right now. So we wanted to earn more money on it than just the savings account. And that's when we asked you if we could put it in a, if that would be a good way to put it in another policy. Mm-hmm. And it, my opinion, it was, mm-hmm. it is. Don't right. regret it for one minute. Right. I mean, just wish I could put more in there. <laughs> yeah, sometimes these things are hard to get past the underwriters, you know. I know. Um, are y'all concerned at all about your future income and in retirement, passive income? I don't know that we've really looked at that yet, to be honest with you, since I still will be working for several more years. Mm-hmm. So, um I, I don't, you know, it's probably something we need to look at, but we haven't really addressed it yet. So you're not worried about it at this point because you haven't Mm-mm. looked at it. No. Right. right. I have, and I'm not worried. I'm <laughs> just saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, yeah, no. I'm pretty sure we're in good shape, but, you know, again, that plan, like I talked about earlier, like how long are we in good shape? You know, we, right. I don't know the answer to that question. Of course, you never know the answer to that question. What's going to happen next, you know? So. Right. But. I know typical, you know, financial planning is um, you meet with the financial guru and we all decide on arbitrary numbers, you know, how long are you going to work before you retire? I don't know, but we have to come up with a number and agree on it. Well, how much can you earn on your savings between Mm -hmm. now and retirement? I don't know. You don't either. So, but we have to agree on an arbitrary number. Right. Right. And then how much income are you going to need in retirement? I don't know. You don't know. But we can do some calculations and get to some kind of a number that's in agreement. And then what is inflation between now and retirement? I don't know. You don't know. But we got to pick a number. And then what about inflation after retirement? I don't know. You don't either. How long are you going to live after retirement? I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> Who's going to graduate first? I don't know. You don't know. But statistically, right. it's you, Junior. But right. we still got to pick a year. Don't know. Don't know. And so we take all these arbitrary numbers, and I spit them into my little black box, or the financial guru spits them into a little black box, and he prints out a financial plan, quote, unquote, that we all have to feel good about. It's like, wow. It's not a successful program, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when it comes to, I'm not saying life insurance is end all to be all, and that's not the only thing that y'all do. That's not the only place that y'all put money. 
Um, but positioning money where you're mitigating risk where possible, you have plenty of liquidity, which is different for everyone, and we have the ability to take income in, e in an efficient way now or any time in the future, and then having, you know, kind of a, a, a congruent plan path forward, you know, then we get to choose when we take income from what asset and how long we take the income and make it efficient. Mm -hmm. And then what if somebody graduates? The odds of us graduating are 100%. The odds of us graduating together, not very big, you right. know? And it's just a different, completely different basis to work from. And it's almost like there's, you know, the maximum potential, right? I don't know what the future is, and I don't want to rely on arbitrary numbers. I want to be in the, the best position possible and and then make adjustments where we need to. And so that philosophy has served, as far as I'm concerned, me, our office, our clients, you right. know, better than all the guesswork and hoping that, mm -hmm. you know, the market goes up one way and right. anyway, so. <laughs> what else? I just want to say it, it works you just have to be diligent about paying back your loans paying yourself back don't steal from yourself that's another thing I remember from Nelson Nash mm -hmm. don't steal from yourself and it works I mean it takes time but so does everything else right. but if you're diligent about it and you look at your number I mean you don't have to look at them every day you look at them once a year and say oh yeah this is going up and that's probably the best feeling is that you're not gonna lose money. It's not going anywhere. It's the only way it can do is go up. So that's a good direction, you know, that's, when it comes to money. So anyway, <laughs> it is, yeah. You know? But that's be my advice to everybody. It's just Well I not only that so much that, but I have comfort in knowing that, you know, when I as you graduate, you know, Michelle's gonna be in pretty good shape. Uh, a lot to be said for that. I mean, that's very important to me. Sure. You know, because I'm seven years older than my wife. I need to share that with everybody, but, you know, I am. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's that's very young, huge. So. That's huge for it me. It is. So. I see that a lot. You know, we, in the infinite banking world, you know, there's a large focus and emphasis on the cash value, which is important. No question about that. And you can't buy life insurance without a death benefit. It doesn't come any other way. Right. But you can't negate the value of the death benefit ever. You shouldn't. Um, even as we continue to, you know, age, um, the, ultimately the, the death benefit is collateralizing outstanding loans if we're using the cash value through loans. Um, and at the end of the day, we do want to leave, especially our spouses and our children, better than we are as well off as we can. Right. You know, and there's not a better way that I know of that you can do that other than with life insurance, the death benefit, you know, because you're, you're leveraging, you know, if I pay a dollar in premium, I may have 10 or 15 times the, that amount in death benefit. And then... It's going to pass income tax-free. 
like, wow, that's power. Where, what else? What other financial product can you do that with on the face of the earth? I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So I agree with you. It is important. The older we get, the more important it becomes sometimes. Mm -hmm. But that's hard to see when we're 20 and 30 and 40 and 50. You know, Mm -hmm. it's hard to see the value of the death benefit. I I agree with that. Uh, And the other thing, too, James, I I admire you because you've got a tough job. Selling life insurance is not easy. And I I know you do more than just life insurance, but... You know, there's a bad name out there for a lot of, you know, people. They don't understand it. They don't know. They think that it's like, you know, driving down the road and, and rolling your window down. And, you know, if it costs me $100 a month, just might as well just throw that $100 bill out the window. And it doesn't work that way with all policies. And that's probably the big awakening, awakening for our kids. Uh, you know, it was for me when I found out that you could do that with life insurance. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, that's huge. I appreciate you saying that. I try to make it look easy. <laughs> I mean, it's, you've got a tough job. Uh, yeah, that's, that's funner. I mean, it's fun, though. You know, sometimes it's funner than others. But, you know, I just get to talk to people like you. I get to meet people like you, and I get to talk about people like Nelson Nash. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's getting easier as I get older, you know, because maybe it's becoming more, you know, people are becoming more aware. Right. Right. So, but I'm a salesman, there's no question. You know, I'm a husband, a son, a brother, an uncle, and, you know, a father. Um, so I don't like to be pigeonholed just as a life insurance mm-hmm. agent and, and right. it's easy to do people do that sometimes and, and it's okay and they don't know what they don't know that's my opinion mm-hmm. you know and I remember you know talking to Nelson there's a couple of you know entities out there you know financial personalities and writers and radio and TV that 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 really hate life insurance and then they disparage anybody who writes life insurance you know the life insurance agent and it and it used to make me angry you know um and and i had several conversations with nelson about it and tons of conversations with my wife and at the end of the day you know what i feel like they're judging me by their own character and or they're just judging out of complete ignorance Mm -hmm. or well that and or they're projecting on you know good financial people which I think most people in the financial world their hearts are in the right spot I mean I think that they're legitimately trying to do good and help their clients but there are bad apples in every industry and in the financial industry it seems like there's a lot of them Mm -hmm. you know and they get what they've earned in my opinion either in this life or the next life but they do a lot of damage you know Mm -hmm. so I just try to do my part so. Well, you are. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yes, thank, thank you. You. You, do a good, you do a good job. I appreciate that. Okay, we want to end it there? Want to wrap it yeah, up there? Perfect. Good. I had fun. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us on the Banking with Life podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and click on that little notification bell. Otherwise, join us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher for weekly content.